April 18th. Today's reading in the New Testament takes place in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 27, where it talks about the day of salvation. Verse 10 is illustrated in the experience of Zacchaeus. Jesus came to him, and Jesus sought him and saved him. Kind of the same way he works with you and me today, and in the lives of those we love. Now, though he was surrounded by a great crowd of people, all trying to get his attention, no doubt, Jesus took time for individuals, and he even saw a man up there in a tree. Well, he's still the seeking Savior, isn't he? But now he uses your eyes, your hands, your lips to speak for him. Also, in Luke chapter 19, during uh, verses 11 through 27, we'll see that the Bible speaks of the day of evaluation. There are three possible relationships with the king. You can reject his rule and be an enemy, but that leads, of course, to judgment. You can accept his rule and be unfaithful, but that leads to loss of reward. Or you can accept his rule, do his will faithfully, and receive his reward. You are not to protect what he gives you, but to invest it for his glory. That's the theme of our reading today, so let's begin our reading of the one-year Bible in the New Testament. April 18th, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 27. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax-collecting business, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, so he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, for I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have overcharged people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham, and I, the son of man, have come to seek and save those like him who are lost. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, A nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten servants and gave them ten pounds of silver to invest for him while he was gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say they did not want him to be their king. When he returned, the king called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what they had done with the money and what their profits were. The first servant reported a tremendous gain, ten times as much as the original amount. "'Well done!' the king exclaimed. "'You are a trustworthy servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you will be governor of ten cities as your reward.' The next servant also reported a good gain." five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You can be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, I hid it 
and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Hard, am I? If you knew so much about me and how tough I am, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank so I could at least get some interest on it? Then, turning to the other standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who earned the most. But master, they said, that servant has enough already. Yes, the king replied, but to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. And now about these enemies of mine, who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in my presence. I've got Christopher Vogel with me today. Now I've had the privilege of getting to know Chris over the last 11, almost 12 months. He's a strong, strong man of God. As smart a man as I've ever had a chance to meet. Someone who will lift you up when you're down, but also come to you when you need correction and do it out of love and humility. It's been a joy to get to know not only him, but also his family, his wife Sherry, his daughter Mary, and his two sons Isaac and Noah. Likewise to have Chris also get to know my wife and my son. We've shared... Good times we've encountered through the ministry, but more importantly, we feel comfortable within each other to share the bad. Now, Chris completes on the 27th of April, and Chris, I want you to know that you will truly be missed, buddy. I love you, and it's been an honor to get to know you. I love you, too. I said you're the smartest man I've ever met, and we've gotten the chance to know each other and to know each other's family. Now, I'll let you know that Bosley was reciting a Bible verse to me. And you explained it to me. Now it's Isaiah forty thirty one says, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Can you explain to everyone like you did me the significance of this verse? Uh, when an eagle encounters a storm, rather than let the storm buffet it and just survive the storm in it, it allows the wind of the storm to actually raise it up above the storm. It lets the wind lift its wings, pull it right up, and it rides the storm out actually above the storm. Other birds will just fight their way through it, but the eagle rises above it. It's uh, given me some time to reflect and go backwards on it because you being as smart as you are encourages me to be smarter. So I did some looking into it. Uh, eagles are mentioned 34 times in the Bible to show of strength power and vision thank you for uh, letting me in on that man what are some things that you've learned through this experience that you will never forget uh, I've learned that the more I'm in a decision the more I'm in an action the more I'm in a reaction uh, the more messed up it's going to be and the less of me there is the more of God there is uh, you can, I, can, I can see the difference uh, every time in the result. Uh, it, it really is about dying to yourself. Allowing him to work and taking control instead of you. Yes. Favorite Bible verse then? John 3.30 He must increase, but I must decrease. I think that you told me one time when we were putting together a community group that uh, the less self there is, the easier the control. So yeah. it ties in with that, yeah? Yes. It's a lot easier to control a smart car than it is a semi. So the less of you there is, uh, 
the easier it is to control it. I'm sure you do. Do you have uh, some encouraging words for the brothers who are listening right now? Just that this works, uh, even on, especially on the days where you don't think it is. When you think you've gotten all you need out of this, it's time to move on. Uh, Trust God that he's got lots to show you uh, in the struggle and in the storm. I know that I'm going to get to see you a lot after you go. We have plans on staying in contact with each other and continually doing things with each other, correct? Yes. Is that something you would encourage other brothers to do after they leave the ministry? Uh, It's crucial. The close relationships you make in here, you have to make the effort to keep them intact and to let them grow after you get out of here. This is just the beginning. It's going to get harder, not easier. I know that God made me a better man, but I want to thank you as well for helping make me a better man through you being here and teaching us all you have to It's all him. I love you, brother. I love you, too. Today, we're reading Psalm 87. Here's an overview of what we'll find here. The earthly Mount Zion is a figure of the heavenly Zion, the city of God, and God's redeemed people. As you ponder this psalm, take inventory of your spiritual life. On what are you building? Are you building your life on God's foundation? Salvation is of the Jews, for God's gracious work in this world came through Israel. Your Bible is a Jewish book, by the way, and the Savior came from the tribe of Judah. When the church was born, the Holy Spirit came on Jewish believers in the temple in Jerusalem. To obey Him is to build on an unfailing foundation. Another good question to ask ourselves as we read in Psalms 87 today is, Where is your citizenship? Some people like to boast about the place of their birth, but the once-born do not have the blessings of the twice-born. Through faith in Christ, God's children are enrolled in the heavenly Zion and will live with the Father forever there. And then uh, the third question to ponder here in Psalm 87, what are your joys? Jerusalem is one of the few ancient cities that is not built by a river. The psalmist found all his joys in Jerusalem, and he wanted nothing more. By faith, you can drink of the river of his pleasures. Psalm 87, verses 1 through 7, a psalm of the descendants of Korah, a song. On the holy mountain stands the city founded by the Lord. He loves the city of Jerusalem more than any other city in Israel. O city of God, What glorious things are said of you! I will record Egypt and Babylon among those who know me, also Philistia and Tyre, and even distant Ethiopia. They have all become citizens of Jerusalem. And it will be said of Jerusalem, Everyone has become a citizen here, and the Most High will personally bless this city. When the Lord registers the nations, He will say, This one has become a citizen of Jerusalem. At all the festivals the people will sing, The source of my life is in Jerusalem. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11 Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows. Proverbs 13, verse 11